0: This book is so awesome. I can do anything. This book is so awesome. I am the potions king. Did you hear that half-boy prince? I said I was the king. Can you hear me, Professor Snape? I can make anything. This book is so awesome. Hey, everybody. This is Joel. Uh, This is going to be the second half of the final episode for book four, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Uh, Like I said last week, our conversation ran pretty long because there was a ton of stuff to cram into an hour, and it just wasn't possible. Uh, So this next hour will wrap up the end of uh, Lily and I's discussion for Harry Potter book four, The Goblet of Fire. And here it goes right now. So now we're in chapter 32, flesh, blood, and bone.
1: Sounds pretty creepy.
0: Pretty creepy. Where do they end up after the port key?
1: This um, at the end of this chapter, or maybe in the middle. Um, this is where we actually understand what Voldemort meant by your right arm. Yeah.
0: Now, where where do they end up?
1: They end up in a graveyard.
0: It's not a wizard graveyard either. Either it's a Muggle graveyard, which is odd. Uh, so they're kind of confused at this point. They're like, well, is this the last challenge? Uh, what are we doing? But then what happens to Harry's scar?
1: Was there a last challenge that we didn't know about?
0: And then what happens to Harry's scar?
1: It starts burning really bad.
0: And then they hear off in the distance, kill the spare. And then what happens?
1: Then Wormtail shows up with, it looks like a baby in his hands.
0: Uh, yeah. And he says, kill the spare. And then we hear, Avada Kedavra. There's a green light. His scar hurts. And then uh, opening his eyes, he sees what has happened.
1: Uh, Cedric has been killed.
0: Just that quickly. They were in the graveyard for 30 seconds.
1: And Cedric's dead.
0: Cedric's dead. He's out. This character that we've learned to like. I don't think he was anyone's favorite because we were always rooting for Harry. But we finally realized that Cedric was not against Harry. He was just sort of confused by the whole situation of was, why is there an extra.
1: He was really a champion. good guy. He
0: was always a good guy. He was everyone's friend, and and he was a he was a good guy. And so, uh, so now he's he's gone, and uh, Harry doesn't even have time to process this information.
1: So I think this is the first time we introduce in in the book someone dying unless you mean Lillian James Potter and Voldemort dying.
0: This is the first time that the book shows you that there are real consequences to Voldemort's actions. That he is not the kind of sort of boogeyman villain that just stands off in the side and laughs and has big plans and then always gets foiled. He's not, he's serious.
1: Not like Mojo Jojo on Powerpuff Girls or anything.
0: Exactly. He's the exact opposite of that. He does make his grand claims, but he also follows through with grand actions. And uh, in this case, uh, to show you how much he cares about people and cares about life, he doesn't even know who Cedric is. He just knows that he's between him and Harry. So he's dead. No big deal. I'm done. You know, it's just something in my way. And now it's out of my way. Uh, so it, it tells you more about what Voldemort is capable of, but what we see uh, is Wormtail, who is Peter Pettigrew, and uh, Wormtail ties Harry up to a grave, whose name is on the grave.
1: Um, Tom Riddle.
0: Tom Riddle, but not the Tom Riddle we know. It's the, Tom Riddle Senior.
1: Yeah, the, it's it's like Barty Crouch Senior and Barty Crouch Junior. They yeah, have the so same name, but they're different. This
0: people. must be. Uh, Tom Riddle's father then at this point which means it's Voldemort's father Uh, Wormtail has a a giant cauldron at the foot of the grave and there's this pile of robes on the ground what is in that pile of robes? Uh,
1: um, A weird looking horrid baby
0: Yeah it's like a little horrible (laughs) monster baby Um, It's hairless, it's scaly it's uh, reddish-black, tiny little spindly arms.
1: And it looks like it has no nose, but it has like a snake Kind
0: nose. of a snake face, glowing red eyes. Wormtail uh, drops this creature into the cauldron. I think at this point everyone's pretty much figured out who this creature is. Who is it?
1: It's a baby Voldemort. <laughs> it's
0: It's what Voldemort has managed to turn Take himself into. Of. Yeah, like the last time we saw him in book one, he was just uh, the back of someone's head.
1: And in book two, he was a memory of his 16-year-old self.
0: And that doesn't count, because he was always there. Uh, also, we've seen that there is, um, that he was feeding off unicorn blood in book one. But again, he was just the back of someone's head. And after they kill Quirrell, uh, he's more of a spirit again. So sometime between book one and the end of book four, he has reformed as much of a body as he can. But it's not much, right? Mm-mm. Certainly not enough to rise back to power. So perhaps that's what we're doing now in this graveyard, is uh, taking care of that problem for him. Uh, Wormtail begins reciting this incantation, and then uh, he, he mentions the, the things that the chapter is named for. Um, flesh, blood, and bone. What is the flesh?
1: This is what Voldemort meant by, any servant would give their right arm for. Um, they don't show it in the movie, but it does show that Wormtail is holding a knife and his hand out, and then he just chops it off.
0: Chops his own hand off, and it falls right in the cauldron. Um,
1: and he, he's only he's only like trying not to squeal. He's not. Like ah yeah. or anything.
0: And what is the blood?
1: Blood from from the enemy, so he cuts Harry with the knife and then taps some of the blood remains from the knife into the cauldron.
0: And what is the bone?
1: The bone is the bone from the father unwillingly given. Yeah. That's what it said. So
0: it's his father's bones? So he rebuilds his body from his father's bones, his enemy's blood, and his servant's flesh. These are all the things that come together, plus his little weird alien uh, rat body. Uh, And then he rises from the cauldron with his full... Form. Full form. Uh, then, he sort of invents robes for himself, and uh,
1: yeah. Then his robes are like smoke coming together to form clothes.
0: Yeah. So so, Voldemort now has a physical form. Uh, chapter thirty three. Now Harry is still tied to the gravestone here. Uh, Voldemort takes out his wand, looking at Wormtail's good hand, uh, and sort of digs the wand into his skin to produce the dark mark. Because as we know, uh, the dark mark sort of faded on all of the Death Eaters when Voldemort died. But the closer he is to full power, the darker the dark mark gets. So he uses that dark mark uh, to call his servants. And then what happens?
1: They just appear out of nowhere. They're like, wait. Oh, well, it's time, I guess. Well,
0: well actually, right before that, um, Voldemort uh, begins telling Harry the story of his father. Tom Riddle.
1: I thought that was when everybody was there.
0: No, it's before they get there. He doesn't actually want them to hear that his father was a muggle. Oh. Because his whole thing is that, you know, purebloods are the only thing...
1: He's power.
0: uh, Purebloods are the only thing that you should... The only kind of wizard you should respect. And now we know that Voldemort himself is uh, half-blood.
1: His... his, Yeah, I was about to um, say... Wasn't his mother was a uh, uh, witch?
0: Yeah, his mother was a, his mother was probably a pure blood. His mother's family was, you don't know anything about them yet, but his mother's family was insane. Uh, so, yeah, uh, his mother was a, a pretty powerful witch. His what? father was a muggle. Um,
1: How's her family so insane? You'll find out later. Oh, come on.
0: So, uh. But he tells him he tells him the uh, sort of fate of his father, and uh, I believe it was, tell me if I'm wrong, it was Voldemort that killed him, right?
1: I guess so. I think
0: so. Do we know this yet? I'm not sure. I don't remember. I don't remember if this is revealed later in a book, how his father died, or if this is actually the speech that he tells him right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't know. I could probably look it up. Let's see how much information I've got on this subject. Nope, I don't have a lot of information in front of me. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, uh, as he's telling Harry about this, uh, about his, about his father and the fact that he's standing on his father's grave, <laughs> um, the Death Eaters now appear. They all apparate and they're in their Death Eater costumes. They've got their robes and their masks.
1: In their hats.
0: Yeah. And, uh, Voldemort says he smells guilt and he prefer- performs a Crucio on all the Death Eaters.
1: Uh, doesn't
0: he? Yes. And they all start begging for forgiveness. Um, but basically he is uh, hes not impressed with his Death Eaters because they all went on to live their comfortable lives while he was gone for 13 years. Uh, but what does he do as a reward for Wormtail?
1: He gives Wormtail a new metal hand.
0: Yeah, it's like a magical silver hand, uh, which also seems to like ease the pain of having actually cut off his own hand.
1: Thank you, master.
0: So there's a few interesting names among the death eaters that show up. Uh, do you remember who?
1: Lucius Lucius Malfoy. Crab Malfoy Goy- with an F. Malfoy. Yeah. Um
0: Crab Goyle.
1: Crab, Crab Goyle.
0: And a few others. So now we know that the three worst kids in Hogwarts, all three of their parents are death eaters.
1: So that's probably why they're the worst. <laughs>
0: It also says something about, like, this is information Harry now has, but does not necessarily use, um, which is always confusing to me. I don't want to go too far into it because it goes into the next book. But uh, from this point on, Harry knows that Lucius is a Death Eater. Never really does anything about that. Um, Voldemort also mentions the Lestranges. These are the ones that tortured Neville's parents are still in Azkaban. And that his most faithful servant, is it Hogwarts? So now Harry knows there's a Death Eater at Hogwarts. Right away, who do you think Harry thinks it is?
1: Malfoy.
0: No, Malfoy's a child. Who would have been oh. a Death Eater 13 years ago who is at Hogwarts now?
1: Oh, Karkaroth.
0: That's, that's probably the most obvious option. If it's not Karkaroth, who do you think it might be? Who else is at uh, Hogwarts that was definitely a Death Eater at some point? Who else had a trial?
1: Uh, or who
0: else? Who else's name came up at a trial?
1: Sirius. Uh, not Sirius. Uh, Snape.
0: Severus. Yes. So, of the people at Hogwarts right now, Harry is probably thinking. I'm pretty sure Kakaroff was a bad guy. He was. I mean, he was definitely uh, arrested for being a Death Eater. But then I also heard that Snape was too. So one of those two guys is at Hogwarts right now, still in service of the Dark Lord, as far as Harry is concerned. Uh, again, Harry is just kind of listening as all this happens. With his scar hurting, there's not a whole lot he can do. Um, I believe he is also under an imperious curse at this point, so he can't escape even if he wanted to. Um, Voldemort explains uh, the way that Lily Potter died. Uh, and what that means for why he was not able to touch Harry.
1: I'm Lily Potter.
0: <laughs> what?
1: I'm Lily Potter.
0: You're Lily Watson.
1: <laughs>
0: so uh, so he says Harry's mother died attempting to save Harry, and by doing that, she performed ancient magic that he did not realize when he was there. Uh, and that's why the death curse rebounded on him and, and actually... Killed him instead of Harry. Um, He sort of explains. What. He's been through for the last 13 years. That he used Quirrell to get the Sorcerer's Stone. Or tried to at least. That he went back into hiding. Um, He got information. uh, From Bertha Jorkins. uh, And put a memory charm on, on her. But then he also killed her. So now we know where she's been this whole time.
1: Uh, what's a memory charm again?
0: What does it sound like?
1: It makes you remember stuff?
0: No, it makes you change your memories. Oh so he he sort of had her forget who she was and what she was doing and and somehow that helped him get information from her. uh He also used a portion, a potion formed from unicorn blood and Nagini the snake, the giant snake's venom, to stay alive and uh and then he got Harry there because he's got a death eater at Hogwarts. So, Harry's, you know, just listening to all this unfold. Uh and then again, he does the crucio on Harry. But he decides, no, this isn't fair. And so what does Voldemort do?
1: He unlocks Harry from the
0: And what does he give him?
1: He gives him his wand.
0: Yeah, he gives him his wand back. Uh so he says, That's, "You know what? I'm not just going to Leave you tied up and 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 crucio you to death. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have a civilized duel.
1: So, at this point, so
0: this is chapter thirty four, priori Incantatum.
1: So at this point, it seems like Voldemort is actually giving some kind of mercy to Harry by not torturing him again um, with nothing to defend himself with.
0: In a way, but the way he does it is not to allow Harry an actual chance to to survive it's more so to put on a show for his death eaters i think voldemort wants them to see
1: how powerful he is against the child because
0: he's just now made his return so
1: against the child who killed him
0: right And and he's just now made his return to having a body so i think he wants to prove to harry and to the death eaters uh hey don't think i'm that weak monster baby that I just was. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 back to full strength and you're going to watch me fairly but not fairly kill the boy that killed me because at this point he's very confident in his abilities to kill Harry. He thinks Harry is weak and and probably, you know, not a great wizard Uh, and he doesn't know yet uh, why he's about to have problems. So, they're going to have a duel. Um, Harry knows that he's not going to make it. Um, He gets gets the Cruciatus Curse, and he also uh, gets an Imperius Curse.
1: He knows that, okay, I'm going to die tonight. I know it, but at least let's try and defend myself. Well,
0: Voldemort uses the Imperius Curse, though, to try and make Harry beg for mercy. Uh, and then harry harry manages to resist that but he's he's truly trying to humiliate him uh it, it's not it's certainly not about having a fair fight at all um, harry casts an expelliarmus and at the f- at that exact moment voldemort he
1: about a Yeah, he
0: sends a killing curse their spells meet midair and what happens
1: um then ghosts start
0: well before that hmm. What happens to their wands?
1: They collide.
0: Yeah, their spells collide, but their wands sort of become entangled with each other. It's almost like they're playing tug-of-war at this point. Uh, Neither of their spells can complete. They're they're sort of fighting over this spell energy coming out of their wands. Neither of them seems to know what to do. But then what happens with Voldemort's wand?
1: Then, um... Ghosts start coming out of it.
0: Well, who do we see?
1: We see Frank Bryce. We see Lily James Potter and Cedric.
0: It's also important to uh, point out here that their their spell, their colliding spells, have created a sort of protective barrier around them. So none of the Death Eaters can interfere. Because at this point, I think Voldemort could say, hey, go... Uh, go kill him for me while I I'm stuck <laughs> uh, because I think at this point he might realize I don't. Okay. Now it's not so much about me killing him myself. I need to make sure this kid's dead before we leave this graveyard, uh, but they can't because they're, they're protected by this sort of uh, spell dome, this kind of web uh, that, that, that goes around them. Um, Harry hears a Phoenix song and is told not to break the connection. And his wand begins to shake and vibrate. And uh and and they sort of, you know, they're 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 fighting uh back and forth like that. And then we see these ghosts. Um, we see Cedric, we see uh Frank Price. Bryce, we see Bertha Jorkins.
1: Oh, and Bertha Jorkins?
0: We see James and Lily. Um his parents tell him.
1: Yeah, I said all of those except for um except for uh
0: Bertha. The Jorkins. So, uh, his parents tell him, hold the connection as long as you can. When you break the connection, go grab that port key. It'll take you back to Hogwarts. Cedric's ghost asks him a, for a favor. What does he ask him?
1: He asks him to take his body back to his father.
0: Now, at this point, we do not know why there are ghosts of the last, you know, five or six people that Voldemort killed. Um, What is Harry actually seeing at this point? We don't actually understand what's happening, but, uh, Harry does it. He breaks the connection. He runs the, the protective spell goes away. The ghosts go away. Uh, the death eaters try to stun him and he grabs Cedric's body. He uses a Accio to get the triwizard cup and bang, he's gone.
1: And Voldemort's like, oh, come on! Yeah, we
0: don't know how he reacts, but we know we know that uh, he's probably pretty disappointed at this point. Uh, chapter 35, Veritaserum. Harry shows up back at Hogwarts, and uh, he's got Cedric's body. Everyone thinks Cedric is just passed out. That something bad happened in the maze, but it's not a big deal.
1: At least in... I uh, I still thinking of the movie where um where everyone's cheering and clapping um and then for, floor screams.
0: That's kind of what happens in the book um in that once everyone realizes Cedric's not just passed out, uh Fudge shows up, Amos Diggory shows up and they realize that Cedric is dead.
1: It, Amos is like, "That's my son. Let me through. That's my son."
0: Yeah, that's the movie too. But uh So, who grabs Harry and takes him away? Dumbledore. No. Oh, Moody. Yeah, Moody takes him away. Harry tries to tell him what happened. And then he remembers Voldemort said there's a Death Eater at Hogwarts. Moody tells him he knows who it is. But it's not Kakarov. And then he starts to explain what this Death Eater has done. This particular Death Eater is the one that made the Dark Mark appear at the Quidditch World Cup. He's the one who put Harry's name in the goblet uh, yeah. under a false school.
1: And now we know who it is.
0: He manipulated all the events to help Harry uh, get to the Triwizard Cup. He gave Neville the information to get the gillyweed. Neville still didn't do it, so he told Dobby. He, he's the one that stunned Floor in the maze. He's the one that did the imperious curse on Crum to make him uh, attack Cedric. And then finally, uh, Harry starts to realize, I don't think we're talking about Snape at this point, because this guy seems pretty excited about what he's talking about. So what does Harry realize?
1: And Snape isn't really excited about anything ever.
0: Well, sure. But what do we finally realize?
1: That it is... Um, it's Moody. Moody, yes. Yeah,
0: so Moody must be the, the Death Eater at this point. Uh, Right as that happens, who busts in the door and knocks out Moody with a stupefy?
1: Either Dumbledore or Snape.
0: It's Dumbledore, McGonagall, and Snape. And I believe Dumbledore is the one that knocks him out. Uh, Dumbledore explains that he's not really Moody. And tells Snape to go get the strongest truth potion that he has and to get someone else who... This is an interesting point. because It's completely left out of the movies. It tells me to go get Winky. So imagine Snape having to go down to the kitchen and going, is there a Winky in here? <laughs> May I speak to Winky? <laughs> so uh, he gets Winky. Anyway, uh, McGonagall is told to go get the black dog who's at Hagrid's house. It's and Fang,
1: uh, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Winky and Fang, why would you get them? I don't
0: think it's Fang. I think there's a different black dog hanging out at Hagrid's house. Oh. Could be wrong. Pretty sure we're talking about Sirius at this point. And uh, Dumbledore gets Moody's trunk and opens it up. He takes out a few things um, and uh, he sees some sneakoscopes. He sees uh, an invisibility cloak and some other items. Then he opens the last lock and it turns into what?
1: It turns into... A a giant trap.
0: Yeah, it's like a big underground cellar. And then lying on the floor is the real Mad-Eye Moody.
1: And obviously he's covering the eye that needs the fake eye. The
0: eye that's missing. Well, he's also missing a leg because Moody has sort of a robot leg too.
1: Oh Yeah, I forgot about that.
0: Uh, But he's stunned and he's also under the Imperius Curse. So he's not trying to escape. Uh, The real Moody.
1: The Imperius Curse is what again?
0: It's the one that can control your mind. Okay, yeah. The real Moody, or will control your body, it can make you do things you don't want to do. Uh, the real Moody is sent to Madame Pomfrey, and then Dumbledore explains that the uh, fake Moody has been using Polyjuice Potion, That's which explains f- who's been stealing
1: this stuff from Snape's yeah. office. And um, and here you would think that Snape should apologize to Harry, but once you think about the character traits of Snape. You're like, well, probably not. Yeah, he's not
0: gonna he's not gonna go out of his way to be nice to Harry. Uh so they wait for uh the polyjuice potion to wear off. And yeah, which, Harry
1: Which explains why he always drinks out of that little round. Yeah, we thought, thought it was
0: because really he was, he was an alcoholic, but it's it's because he's been sipping polyjuice potion. That's also why he had to keep the real moody there, because he had to keep getting hairs from him. I guess he couldn't uh, just save a bunch of hairs and kill Moody or something. Um, as he starts to turn into himself again, Harry realizes who it is. It's someone he recognizes.
1: It is Barty Crouch Jr. Yeah,
0: it's so, the person he saw in the trial.
1: So that's the um, the Death Eater that Voldemort was talking about.
0: Yeah, so we're not talking about Karkaroff. We're not talking about Snape. We're talking about...
1: We're not talking about Moody.
0: We're talking about the person who we thought... Was Moody. No, we're talking about the person who we thought was innocent and who was wrongly imprisoned by his own father, unfairly. Turns out, no, this guy's a straight-up death eater. Um,
1: So his father was making the right choice.
0: Well, he made a right choice, and then he began to make a few bad choices. Uh, So they give Barty Crouch the Veritas Serum and uh, begin to interrogate him. And he explains how he escaped Azkaban. This is something that you had brought up a few episodes ago when I talked about someone escaping Azkaban. Do you remember how Barty Crouch escapes Azkaban?
1: Is it is he the one who replaces himself?
0: Yes. Do you know who he replaces himself with? Um... With his father and Winky's help, he replaces himself with his dying mother using Polyjuice Potion.
1: That's right.
0: So she pretends to be him until Wait, she dies.
1: With his father
0: and Yes. This was all Barty Crouch Sr.'s plan.
1: God.
0: It also says, uh, this is also the first time in any of the books that we hear about another invisibility cloak. It was in the trunk, but his father snuck him out with an invisibility cloak. So now we know of at least two... But they still must be very rare items.
1: So is Barty Crouch Sr. still evil?
0: I don't think he was ever evil. I think he just felt bad for his son. He felt like he failed him in some way. Maybe Uh,
1: he was uh, under the Imperius Curse.
0: No, he put his son under the Imperius Curse to keep him from escaping. He knew his son was evil, but he still felt bad for him. So he made him wear an invisibility cloak, so no one ever saw him. He had Winky uh, watch over him, and he kept him under the Imperious curse, which is illegal,
1: so that, to uh,
0: to keep him from trying to escape.
1: So that's why he made the law that any anyone evil he can, um, he can use. And he has the illegal curses on.
0: Maybe so. Maybe that was just to cover his own uh, tracks because maybe they would have found him out sooner for using illegal curses. But uh, since his son was a Death Eater, or at least suspected of being one.
1: Or at least evil.
0: then Well, no, it was suspected dark wizards, but yeah. Um, so here's where we find out why Bertha Jorkins was important. Uh, she found out about Barty Crouch Sr., keeping Barty Crouch Jr. hidden in his home, I guess. Um, And then, uh, so it was actually Barty Crouch Sr. that put the memory charm on Bertha Jorkins to make her forget. And uh, here's where Barty Crouch Sr. makes the big mistake. He lets his evil son under the Imperious Curse and under the Invisibility Cloak go to the Quidditch World Cup. Uh, And then that is when he began to sort of break free from his father's control, and he's the one that cast the Dark Mark, because he heard all of the uh, Death Eaters coming. So, at this point, Barty Crouch is sort of the unsung villain of this story. Uh, It it is because of him and his actions alone that...
1: With, well...
0: That, Wh- Voldemort, that Voldemort is back, basically.
1: With sort of Winky, because, but that wasn't Winky's Winky wasn't
0: choice. allowed to say no. She didn't even know she could say no. She still doesn't know she could say no. But had Barty Crouch not broken his son out of Azkaban, there's no way he could have assisted Voldemort and Wormtail to get Voldemort a new body.
1: So why is he working for the Ministry?
0: Well, uh, shortly hereafter, he's not uh, because I don't believe he's alive. Um,
1: Oh, now that I did not know.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Voldemort found out about uh, found out about uh, Barty Crouch Senior being or Junior being in hiding when he broke Bertha Jorkin's memory charm um he, he made her remember everything she had been forced to forget and then realized that he had a servant on the loose now that he could control he also put barty crouch senior under another imperious curse and uh, and escaped it's so so
1: many i know it's also
0: so many people named barty crouch <laughs> um and then uh barty crouch Jr., used Harry's Marauder's Map to find his father and killed him.
1: That's why he, That's why Moody, the fake Moody, needed to borrow his uh, Marauder Map. Yes. Which is like, like uh, no thank you?
0: And he's the one that turned the Triwizard Cup into a port key and hit it in the maze. So he reveals all of this. Um, now, Barty Crouch, like I said, Barty Crouch is the villain of this story. Without realizing it. Uh, he should go to Azkaban, but now he's dead. So chapter 36, Parting of the Ways.
1: There's him right.
0: You know, he he didn't know what he was doing, but he certainly knew that what he was doing was wrong. Uh, he didn't know what effects it would have. He maybe didn't even know for certain that his son was a Death Eater. I don't know. In the movie, they make it much more clear by just having him confess to being evil. Uh, but in the book, he he denied it and the, and yeah, the
1: book is pleaded his
0: innocence the whole time.
1: Yeah, the book is crazier than the movie.
0: So, Barty Crouch Jr. is uh, tied up. Dumbledore takes Harry away, and McGonagall is guarding Barty Crouch, and uh, Snape goes to get Fudge, the Minister of Magic, who likely would want to question Crouch, uh, and then there's Sirius waiting for him upstairs. Dumbledore sort of fills Sirius in, and uh, they use Fox's tears to heal Harry's leg. and uh, then Voldemort, or excuse me, Dumbledore wants Harry to tell him everything that's happened like, with wait,
1: wait, Voldemort. With Voldemort.
0: <laughs> he wants him to tell tell me everything about the graveyard, tell me everything that happened. I got to know, is he you know what's going on with Voldemort? Dumbledore explains what actually happened when their wands connected, and that was priori in Cantatum. Do you remember what that was? No. It was what they consider sort of a reverse of a spell. Uh, it was because both wands contain the feather from Fox, which means when fighting each other... Wait, from Fox? Fox. The, fe- the phoenix.
1: I know who Fox is, but...
0: Remember in the very first book, when Harry gets his wand, they mentioned that Harry's wand and Voldemort's wand contain feathers from the same phoenix?
1: Yes, but they never said who.
0: Well, then here's where they're saying it, and you already knew this. I didn't. Well, you read it months ago.
1: Months ago, so I wouldn't remember it.
0: Well, <laughs> you remember a lot of this stuff, so that's a pretty big one. So, yes, the, the phoenix feathers from their wands came from Fox. Uh... Which is why those wands will never be able to defeat each other. So that's something to think about for the future. That were Harry to have to fight Voldemort again, is just going to keep happening every time. Uh, But, so what this uh, caused is for the wands to sort of spit out the last spells they performed. And in this case, all of Voldemort's last six or so spells were murders. And so he wasn't actually seeing his dead parents. He was sort of seeing an image of them, sort of an echo, a ghost, but not really a ghost, you know what I'm saying?
1: Oh, like um when they used Priori Incantatum to see what the last spell on Harry's wand was. It's
0: the same thing, except that it happened even though nobody wanted it to. Yeah. Uh so yeah, so the, you know, the, the Priori Incantatum version of a murder, I guess, is to see the person who was murdered. But uh, it must have kept some of that person's essence because they did, those apparitions, tried to protect Harry. They gave him good advice and tried to get him away from the Death Eaters, you know? So uh, the next morning...
1: Except for except for Frank um and Bertha because they did nothing.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't know if they were trying to help him. But, uh, you know, whatever. They also didn't hurt him. Uh, so the next morning, Harry wakes up in the hospital wing to find McGonagall, Snape, and Fudge arguing because Fudge brought a Death uh, Dementor with him for protection. Do you remember what that Dementor did as soon as it saw Barty Crouch?
1: It attacked him.
0: It did the Dementor's kiss. Oh. It punished him immediately. Um, so Dumbledore has filled everyone in on what's happened, according to Harry. Does Fudge believe that Voldemort is back? No. Not at all. He he refuses. He refuses to think it's even possible. And I don't think it's because he denies the facts. I think it's because he thinks it's too awful of a thing to happen, so I'll just pretend that it's not true. He's denying it. It's uh, like
1: when something embarrassing happens embarrassing happens to somebody and they're like let's forget this ever happened
0: yeah but in this case it's not just to save his embarrassment it's literally putting the entire world in danger that he refuses to accept the facts uh so Dumbledore tells Fudge that he should remove the Dementors from control of Azgaban and also that they should immediately because they they're dark creatures that they may fall under Voldemort's control very easily. He also says we should go talk to the giants and get the giants on our side because Voldemort's going to do that. We have to get to them first.
1: Two of the half giants are already on their side.
0: Well, a half giant and a giant seem to be two very different things. Still. Um, Fudge doesn't believe any of this. Fudge says it's ridiculous. And Snape says, oh yeah? Well, check this out. And he pulls up his sleeve and he shows him how the dark mark on his arm has returned. And he's still not convinced. Um,
1: He thinks maybe he just painted it or something.
0: No, it's... See, it's not that he thinks they're fabricating this stuff. Because all of the evidence is very, very clear. It's just his ability to deny it. To, to be in a state of denial. He, he's not... He sees the evidence, he just refuses to process it.
1: He's like, no, I don't, I don't want this, I don't like it,
0: Yeah, just he's not, it's not here. He's not coming up with excuses for why they would have faked these things. He's just refusing to even listen to them and believe that it happened. Uh, but, because Harry technically won the Triwizard Tournament, which is something no one cares about at this point, uh, yeah. what does Harry get? You don't remember Harry's prize for winning? No, he gets a thousand galleons
1: which he obviously doesn't need.:
0: And a galleon is something like uh between bucks. it's between 20 and like 55 dollars, depending on the conversion that you raid. Uh, that's a ton of money that he gets.
1: and he doesn't need it.
0: it, it not even that he just doesn't care. It, his friend's dead, his greatest enemy is back to wreak havoc on the world.
1: So that's the exact opposite of what he wanted to happen.
0: Has no, yeah, he, he has no concern for it. Um, Dumbledore says, you know what? I don't care if you don't believe me. We're putting everybody on alert. He asks uh, Mrs. Weasley, who is there to check on Harry and Bill, uh, to tell Mr. Weasley and to tell everyone in the ministry the uh, the Voldemort's back. Sirius takes humans, human shape because he's still in hiding. And Dumbledore tells Snape and Sirius to put aside their differences. Uh, We're all going to have to work together now. He tells him to get a hold of Lupin, get a hold of all these other people he calls the old crowd.
1: So now... So, like, now... Every... Well, all of the most powerful and... Important teachers at Hogwarts now know Sirius is fine.
0: Oh, I see. Um, Everyone that was already good was probably already told that Sirius was alive and well. I bet they did not tell Snape because Snape did not believe he was innocent. But I'm sure, like, McGonagall probably knew, um, you know, anybody like that.
1: Uh, Professor Sprout would probably know.
0: Yeah, who knows about that? She doesn't seem to be involved in this crew very much. So anyway, Dumbledore basically says, we're getting the old gang back together. Spoilers. Their old gang was called the Order of the Phoenix. What? You'll learn more about that possibly tonight. So, uh... And he tells Snape something very secretive. Do you remember what he tells Snape at this point? Uh-uh. He says, you must now do what you know you have to do. Snape sort of reluctantly agrees.
1: That, maybe he was threatening him in a secret code or something. I don't know.
0: He's giving Snape a task. And it's obviously something they've talked about before.
1: He's like, wait.
0: It, in, in, the event, in the event of Voldemort's return, there's something you have to do. Voldemort's returned. And so now they're saying, listen, the plan that we had, in case Voldemort ever returned... Now it's time. Yeah, now it's time. you you got to go do it. He's we like, don't know what it is yet, though.
1: He's like, wait. Oh, well, so fine.
0: Our final chapter, uh, chapter 37, is the end of the book, but it's called The Beginning. And that can be interpreted a lot of different ways. It could mean it's the beginning of sort of the, the real battle to take down Voldemort, or, or it could be the beginning of Harry's forced adulthood where things start to get a lot more serious in his life.
1: Or maybe the the beginning, like, maybe, like, once you've started, um, once you've ended, you've only just begun.
0: Something like that. Um, so, Mr. Diggory thanks Harry for bringing back Cedric's body. Harry tries to give them the prize money. Do they take it? No. They don't want it. They're, they're grieving. They don't care about money either. I think Harry doesn't want this money because it feels dirty. He doesn't think he should have won anything for a, an event that led to his friend's death and the return of Voldemort. So that he the money is sort of weighing him down at this point.
1: It would be a good idea to give it to the Weasleys.
0: You would think. Uh, Harry visits Hagrid and sees that he and Madame Maxine have made up. Uh, she's no longer mad at him for outing her as a half giant. Um, there's a there's a final feast. This is interesting. Um, when Harry meets with Hagrid and sort of says, like, you know, what are we going to do? Voldemort's back. Hagrid says, known it for years, Harry. Knew he was out there biding his time. It had to happen. Well, now it has, and we'll just have to get on with it. No good sitting, worrying about what's coming will come, and we'll meet it when it does. So that's a that's a Hagrid that maybe we haven't seen yet. Shows a little bit more... Um,
1: Intelligence?
0: Awareness, at least, of his situation. You know, Hagrid seems to spend a lot of time kind of in fantasy where, you know, he thinks evil creatures aren't evil and he he's a soft soul, you know? He's a gentle guy. He doesn't seem to be too involved in the life and death situations of the world.
1: If he was in Hogwarts right now, I think he would probably be in Hufflepuff.
0: I think he will reveal himself to be a Gryffindor. But yes, the way that he, the way that he's acted thus far, he seems very much like a Hufflepuff, but he, he has some brave actions ahead of him and some stupid actions in his past and future that uh, paint him as more of a a hairy type. Um, So Dumbledore at this final feast, he gets up and he talks to the whole uh, student body and the faculty
1: but they're not really worried about the House Cup or the Quidditch Cup this year because they're basically just sad that Cedric died.
0: Yeah, he says to them, remember if the time should come when we have to make a choice between what is right and what is easy. Remember what happened to a boy who was good and kind and brave because he strayed across the path of Lord Voldemort. Remember Cedric Diggory. What do you think that means? It
1: means probably that Cedric might have been in a Hufflepuff, uh, might have been a Hufflepuff, which means to some people, like maybe a few Slyther- Slytherins, that he's he wasn't dumb or ju- um, gentle t- um, to everything and wasn't brave. Um, just because he was in Hufflepuff, but he's he acted like a Gryffindor because he was being brave and sacrificing himself, basically.
0: Well, that's one way to look at it, and I think some of that is true, but you must keep in mind that Cedric did not sacrifice himself. He didn't even see it coming. He didn't jump in front of Harry. I think what Dumbledore is saying here is... Cedric was a good guy. He was kind. He was a friend. Everybody liked him. None of that matters when you're dealing with Voldemort. He killed him for no reason. Look what it got him. He's not saying don't be kind. He's saying things are about to get ugly. Because the kindest and the best of us will be killed. Just like the worst of us. Voldemort doesn't care. He's trying to tell these students...
1: He's like, oh, there's a person. I'll kill him.
0: He, he, he's trying to tell these students without being too um, outlandish and without being outwardly terrifying that they need to be scared, I think. Or at least ready.
1: Yes. Like, scared is sometimes the same same thing as ready. Like, if you've seen the Crudes. Uh, their motto is never not be afraid because being afraid means you're ready.
0: Well, I think they changed that motto towards the end of that movie, but that's a different story. Um, but yes, what it's the idea behind that. And I'm sure this is, that, that quote is open to various kinds of interpretation, but that's what I take from it. Uh, is that he is, unlike the movie where he shouts at the students... Uh, The ministry doesn't want me to tell you what happened to Cedric Diggory. He was murdered murdered by Voldemort. Michael Michael Gambon is is a much more uh, severe Dumbledore than the one in the books. Uh, But this Dumbledore in a very thoughtful, but in sort of a wise and almost foreboding way is telling these students get ready because it, it is the, it is just the beginning. This is the beginning of the next chapter of our existence, which is going to be a more serious experience than it has been in the past. As we now know by the fact that one of our own who was kind and sweet and nice and didn't deserve it has died. I think he is saying there is more of this to come if we are dealing with a fully returned to power Voldemort.
1: And uh, this has nothing to do with this book at all. But I just wanted to mention, if you're reading or seeing the movies or the books, um, as they're coming out, it makes it more interest interesting to find out did Harry or somebody else die, cause. Uh, or has something bad happen to them. Because if you know there's more books and movies to come,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then you know, oh, this guy's not going to die. So, Oh, you're
0: if- saying if you know a character is in something, like if you see him on the yes. poster. So like if you see Dumbledore on the poster for the last movie, you know he doesn't die or something like that, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's a little bit of a spoiler that you maybe don't want, is is reading something that's been out for this long you're gonna know some things you're probably not supposed to know.
1: You're like, oh, uh, we well, you know
0: these books started. There's, these there's, books started coming out when I was in high school, so there's really no chance that you would have ever gotten to read them. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were all out. Uh, I think the final book came out shortly after you were born. So let's finish up this chapter and our final episode for book four.
1: Um, Wait, hold on. I also wanted to mention some. Um, it was funny in a different movie, the Lego movie. It was funny because po- in one scene, um, there was a bunch of different Legos gathered from around the world, and one of them was Dumbledore. Yeah. yeah he's
0: sort of permeated cultural awareness now, and he's showing up in other things. Um, so uh, Dumbledore does mention, though, he wants to be very clear that Cedric was murdered, and that Harry saved him or brought, or risked his life to bring his body back and that he was murdered by Voldemort.
1: So Harry was the one who almost tried to sacrifice himself but not
0: really wanted. He to. did something risky to to fulfill his ghost friend's wishes, but but I think Dumbledore wants to make sure these punctuated this statement by saying he was murdered by Voldemort. He wants these kids to go home and tell their parents. My headmaster said Voldemort's back. What do we do? He wants he wants to see, He knows the the papers and the ministry are not going to get this information out. He wants to get this information out so people can be ready. Uh, So everybody packs up their stuff. Harry says goodbye to Fleur and Crumb. Do you remember what Ron does just as Crumb is walking away?
1: Uh, Doesn't he sort of like make up with him?
0: He says, uh, 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 can I have your autograph? (laughs) This whole time, this whole year, he's hated him, but also still been really impressed by him for his Quidditch skills.
1: Now he's like, uh, before you leave, can I have your autograph?
0: Yeah. And uh, they're on the Hogwarts Express. Hermione tells him, I finally found out uh, why Rita Skeeter knew all that stuff about us. Remember what it was?
1: She was using bugs.
0: No, kinda. You're close. She was an unregistered animagus. She turned herself into a beetle. So she was spying on everyone as a bug. And so what did Hermione do with that bug that was Rita Skeeter?
1: Didn't she put it in a jar?
0: Trapped it in a jar and put an unbreakable charm on the jar. So I'm going to have to look this up. I don't remember if she ever lets Rita Skeeter out. I guess she does because... There continue to be newspaper articles, I believe, by Rita Skeeter in the future. But under what circumstances does she let Rita Skeeter out? I don't remember. So basically, she's just unlawfully imprisoning a journalist, which is something that uh,
1: that, that
0: we, we just, get governments involved with, so I don't know.
1: Just because she writes bad stuff doesn't mean she, she should get in prison for it, because she's only doing it to get good business.
0: No, hang on now. She's doing it to get money and perhaps to raise the profile of her newspaper. But everything she's doing is wrong. Just because something makes money doesn't make it right. If I made money by paying you uh, $10 for your house and selling it for 50000 that would sure make me a lot of money. But it was not fair to you, was it? No. That's what she's doing. She is she is profiting off the suffering of others. So always, always, always remember that just because something makes a business or a person a lot of money does not make it right.
1: But she should still not be imprisoned.
0: Not by Hermione. Her actions may have legal ramifications, but it's not Hermione's place to decide. I believe we are to expect that Hermione only kept her in the jar as a punishment for like, this is what you get for spying on me. Do it again maybe I'll trap you in a jar again. So I'm pretty sure she let her out pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. Um, um, and I guess Rita doesn't tell on her um, because she's afraid. Oh my god. She's right. unregistered. Yeah.
0: So she would have to tell everybody that's how I get all my stories. I spy on people. And then she probably wouldn't get any more work. Uh, Malfoy shows up, and obviously as things tend to go with Malfoy, it turns into a fight, but it turns into a wizard fight. They're on the train, tossing curses at each other. Do you remember what, uh, do you remember what, uh, Harry does to Malfoy? Mm -mm. He does the Frenunculus curse, which makes, like, little tentacles and vines and stuff grow out of his face. I think that's the one. That does that, but yeah, so they, it gets pretty serious. Um, Fred and George at this point also reveal that what they were doing when they were so, so quote-unquote, uh, blackmailing someone is that Ludo Bagman had placed a bet with them on the Quidditch World Cup.
1: Wasn't that Fred and George who Fred bet? and
0: George. They won, but he paid them in leprechaun gold, which disappeared so he was cheating them. So the entire year, they've been trying to get that money back. Bagman didn't want to pay up. Uh, to try and get money to pay them, he bet with some goblins that Harry would win the Tri-Wizard Tournament. But because Harry and Cedric technically tied, they refused to pay him. So now Bagman's got two bad deals.
1: So they both have to pay each other?
0: No, Bagman owes everybody. Oh. Bagman owes the goblins for losing that bet. And Bagman owes friend George for losing that bet. He's in so much debt, he runs away. He hides. He's gone. So what does Harry do to help them out? I mean, he's got all this Triwizard Cup money that he doesn't need.
1: Oh, he gives them all the money that he won.
0: Yep, he gives them all the money, which is probably something like between twenty five and $50,000.
1: And they need it.
0: They, he says, buy your joke shop, invest in your future. Now, the interesting thing is that Harry makes this decision on a whim. Uh, if you'd really thought about it, maybe he should have given it to, like, Mr. Weasley to help the whole family, you know? Yeah. But in this case, he helps just Fred and George. But it just shows you again that he doesn't really care about money.
1: But still, (coughs) (coughs) when they open their joke shop, they're still going to get money for their family.
0: Correct. And I also believe they may have the intention of paying Harry back. I don't think Harry would take it.
1: He's like, no, no. So Harry gets home
0: to uh, Uncle Vernon and his horrible family.
1: Boo.
0: And he he says uh, to himself... That there was no point in worrying yet. Um, As Hagrid had said, what would come would come. And he would have to meet it when it did. So he's telling himself, again, life is about to get horribly more complicated and and dangerous and ugly. But I'm not going to worry about it. Plus, it seems like Voldemort takes the summers off. (laughs) Because every time Harry goes home, he's okay. So, uh,
1: except for when he was at the Triwizard Tournament.
0: So come that, next year, uh, the Quidditch World Cup. The Quidditch World that Cup. That was event. the end of summer. So uh, come next year, he'll he'll be ready for whatever horrors face him. <laughs> and that means maybe starting tonight, if there's enough time, you could just start reading Book Five. Finally. So our episodes from here on out. This is a little more than halfway through the whole series. So for the rest of the series, our episodes will be determined by how quickly you and mommy read those books, which means I'm guessing we will at least be going to a twice a month schedule instead of a four times a month schedule. But it also means for the first time ever, I will get to ask you what your theories are as you read through the books, and then we'll find out if your theories were right or not.
1: And that would probably make it more interesting.
0: And I already know everything that happens. Oh god! So I'll get to ask you stuff that'll make you look like you know everything when I know you don't know anything.
1: Evil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is something I'm looking forward to. Mm. So, uh, thank you for listening. If you do enjoy the podcast and you want to help support it, please check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/HijinksEnsue. H-I-J-I-N-K-S-E-N-S-U-E. You can go to com. Click on the show uh, for this episode, look at the notes, and leave us a comment, if you like, or a question. You can also hit the contact button on that website and send us a question that way. And uh, once again, our our update schedule will likely change. So just keep your iTunes subscription. When, they are, when she reads, we will record. And when we record, we'll release an episode. Feel free to leave us a, a positive iTunes review. I'm sure that couldn't possibly hurt anything. Our theme song is This Book is So Awesome by Harry and the Potters. And I do want to mention that our resources for uh, the notes that we use for, for organizing these episodes come from hpcompanion.com and harrypotterfacts.com. So I have a, a huge appreciation to the creators of those two websites for putting all of this information in one place. And uh, you could probably use those to read along with the episodes if you liked. Uh, that Those are what I use as my guide. So for uh, Potter and Daughter, my name is Joel Watson.
1: And I'm Lily Watson.
0: And uh, what do you think? Good episode?
1: Mm, yeah, pretty great episode. There it is. <laughs> this book is so awesome.